We're, we're doing this um, series um, this month called Spirit. Spirit. And it's all about the Holy Spirit. What is the Holy Spirit? Um, I remember, like, um, I, I remember growing up, and uh, we kind of know what, you know, God, there's the Holy Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. And, and I can relate, I knew what, what a father was, I know what it's like to be a son, but <laughs> growing up, I didn't quite understand what the Holy Spirit is. And so we're going to be exploring all these, um, what the Spirit is during in this series. Um, but I remember a few years back, I remember like my kids were playing with a round ball and the ball went out, just almost went out the driveway. So I ran maybe five meters, five meters to the ball. And as I stopped the ball, I was out of breath. Has anybody else been out of breath? Just gone for a little run? I was, I was like, I felt like I had, I ran five meters, but I felt like I had run a hundred meters. And I was really surprised. And, and basically I, I realized, oh my goodness, I'm, I need to do some exercise because I'm out of breath. Out of, have you ever been there before, right? And it's easy to do. We get busy in life. And, and maybe back when we were younger, we were, had a lot of energy. And I decided I'm going to start jogging, I, you know, because, you know, sometimes, sometimes while I, haven't, I can't find any time to exercise. Well, here's the thing. We'll never find any time. We have to make time. So I, started to, I said, you know what? I need to make time to jog. But here's the problem I had when I was jogging. Every time I jogged, I had any, my body had an allergic reaction to jogging. Did you, did you find that? Anybody else have a, an allergic reaction? Because whenever I started jogging, I will just break out into sweats. My face will go red and I get short of breath. And oh my gosh, my body has an allergic re- reaction to, to jogging. Actually, the cure to that, to that allergic reaction is to jog some more. Right? And, uh, and, and that's the thing. And so I was out of breath. And, and, but you know what's interesting about breath is that, that your breath is very important. Your breath is very important. In fact, experts say that from our breath, we should get about 99% of our energy from our breath. Did you know that? Breathing is very important. We should get 99% of our energy from the way that we breathe. However, most of us, most of us only access about 10 to 20% of the energy from our breath. In fact, each day we take about 26,000 breaths every day. Did you know that you, you take 20? Have you counted? Have you counted how, how much breaths you're taking? <laughs> so breathing, breathing is very important. But, you know, we, we take it for granted. I mean, we've, we've got, we've got, we live busy lives and we, we, don't, we take our breathing for granted. In fact, if you're looking for a subtitle to this message, it is breath. Breath. Breath is the, is the subtitle to this message, breath. And, uh, and we do take it for granted, just like the Holy Spirit. We take the Holy Spirit for granted, you know, and, and sometimes we don't understand what the Holy Spirit is. And, and as I see when I was growing up, I, I, I couldn't, didn't quite understand what the Holy Spirit was. And, and, and sometimes, sometimes um, churches don't understand what the Holy Spirit is. And so sometimes, you know, we, we talk about God the Father, talk about God the Son, we talk about Jesus. And, you know, Jesus, he's a, cool, he's a cool dude. I like Jesus. Let's talk about Jesus. But when it comes to God, the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, was like, we kind of, some, sometimes we sidestep it, or, or maybe we'll mention the Holy Spirit now and then, but uh, we don't really talk about it. It's kind of like that. You ever have those kind of, um, um, you know, you have those, like at a Christmas party, you have an uncle or, or cousin, right, that, that you don't see that often, but they, they're there from time to time, and we don't really talk about them, but you see them from time to time. It's kind of like the Holy Spirit. We kind of treat them as this, this cousin that we see from time to time. What is the Holy Spirit? Is the, is the, Spirit, is it, is, is the Spirit like, is it like the force, like in Star Wars? It's like, use the force, Luke. Right? Is it some kind of cosmic, is it the, is the spirit of the universe? Is, 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 it, is it a he or is it an it? What is 
the Spirit of God. And this is what we're going to be exploring today. Today. In fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 14, because this idea of the Trinity, this idea of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and, and it's, uh, you won't find the word Trinity in our Bibles, but the concept of the, of the Trinity is right through, from the Old Testament right through the New Testament, right through. And, and 2 Corinthians 13, verse 14, chapter 13, verse 14 says this, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And it's just one verse of hundreds of verses throughout there. The Trinity is the belief that God is a community of love. And that's what the Trinity is, a community of love. And where it's made up of three distinct persons that creates one being, that God is this complex being. For us, as a a finite being, trying to describe an indescribable God, and that He is a community of love. Just think before all creation— or before anything was created, we had this community of love. Because you can't have love unless there was someone to love, right? right? You couldn't have love unless there was someone to love. And so before creation, you had this community of love where the Father loved the Son through the Spirit, this community of love. And then when God creates, God creates. What does God do with His creation? He sends His Son by the Spirit to invite all creation to share the love, and we shared, I spoke about this last week, and that was, a, was part one of our series about sharing the love of, of this, this, this community of love, inviting all of creation to experience of that God is love. God is love. He's a community of love. And, and when we come to the Spirit, in Hebrew, the word Spirit is the word ruach, ruach, right? Everybody say ruach. Uh, and I was trying to say it and how if you're Hebrew, and, 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 to, and Hebrew is kind of like you're trying to clear your throat and like, ruach, but anyone wants to say ruach, I can't say it. I'm sorry, sorry if, if, you, if, if you speak that language, my apologies, I'm, I'm butchering your language, but it's ruach is, is how you would say it in Hebrew, how I would say it. And, and, and the word ruach, and in Greek it's the word pneuma, ruach, the, so spirit means ruach. In Hebrew, and in Greek, it's the word pneuma. And, and the meaning of, of, of ruach and, and pneuma, the meanings overlap, and they mean the same thing. And so, and so another word for, for ruach is wind, is wind. So when you look outside and you see the trees swaying outside, you know, you see, and, and, and we, if, we looked out, if you looked out your window, you saw the trees, like yesterday, it was very windy. Friday was very windy. And you see our trees moving around. You can't see anything moving the wind, oh, sorry, moving the trees. But the trees are swaying back and forth. And, and so there's this invisible energy moving the trees. And in English, we say, that's the wind. That's wind. Now, in Hebrew, it's ruach. The ruach is moving the trees. So it's, it's a ruach that's animate. It animates the trees. It moves. It. Ruach is, the, is this invisible energy that animates things. This ruach, this wind. And it's the same in Greek. Numa, wind. Is, it animates. It moves and, 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 and has these things. So ruach is wind. So hold that thought. Hold that thought that ruach, numa, means wind and animates and moves and has its being. Remember last week we spoke about Genesis 1. What do we find in Genesis 1? Right on the first pages of the Bible, what do we find? We find the Spirit of God, the ruach Elohim, Spirit, ruach Elohim, the Spirit of God. What's the Spirit of God doing right in the beginning of creation? It's hovering. It's hovering. Like, you know, and, it's, and it's this word, it's, it's a rahaf. Rahaf means it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a metaphor of a bird hovering. Rahaf, that's what it means, a bird hovering. And so Holy Spirit is described as a bird hovering over the waters. And the last week we talked about, when's the next time we see a bird 
hovering, where we see the Spirit of God hovering in Scripture. It was at Jesus' baptism. And I, and I want us to go back to them, but this time we're going to go through Mark, Mark's, um, the Gospel of Mark, and when Mark describes the baptism of Jesus. I love the way that Mark describes the baptism of Jesus, Mark chapter 1, verse 10. And this is what Ma- the, the, uh, St. Mark, this is what he says, or the Mark, Mark says, he says in Mark, verse, Mark chapter 1, verse 10, says this, As Jesus came out of the water, this is his baptism, he saw, what did he say, the heavens splitting apart. Another translation, torn apart. The heaven was torn apart. Well, heavens were split apart, right? And what do we find? The Holy Spirit descending on him like a dove. This rahaf, this, the Holy Spirit is described as a bird hovering over the waters. And here we have, 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 we have it in, right on, on page one of the Bible. Now we have it on, on Jesus' baptism. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dear, dear, dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. And so, so we've got the, the narrative is making a claim that the, that the God on, on Genesis chapter 1 is the same God on, of Jesus' baptism, that, of what God is really like, that God is a community of love, that where we're, 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 we're God the Father sends out the Son by the Spirit, and like the Spirit appears to be. In Genesis chapter 1, of the, Spirit, the, the Spirit is the power behind the Word going forth and creating in, the, in this void. And this is what we see here. But I really want us to have a look at the, uh, our attention at the word split apart. This word split apart that, that Mark chooses. Now we've got to understand something. When, when we read our Bibles, we, we're reading our Bibles in English because we speak English, right? If you're, if you're Psalm 1, you'll be reading it in Psalm 1 or, or so forth, whatever language you, you're, you're, you're in. And um, when the, the, in the time of Jesus, 2,000 years ago, most of the world spoke Greek because of a man by the name of Alexander the Great, who went around and, and Hellenized everywhere, and basically bringing their Greek culture and influence throughout the known world, and everyone spoke Greek. And in the time of Jesus, they were speaking Greek. And so the, and so the Bibles that they were using was called the Septuagint, as the Greek translation of the Hebrew text. So, so the, the, the writers of the, the New Testament writers are, are reading from the Septuagint. And what's really interesting is that the, uh, the New Testament is written in Greek. So it's all written in Greek. And so when Mark uses this phrase, splitting apart, it's the Greek word shizo, shizo, to split apart is the Greek word shizo, which is really, really interesting. So why did James, why did Mark choose to use this word that is as if the Holy Spirit split apart heaven to send onto Jesus, right? The Holy Spirit splits apart shizos, he, he, he splits apart and, and if, you're, if, you're, if you're listening, if you're reading the book of Mark, Mark's original audiences who are reading the gospel of Mark, they would recognize this, this word shizo, because this word shizo is used somewhere else. you know where it's used? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> and it, it is used in Exodus chapter 14, verse 21. And it's used in the Septuagint, in the Greek writing of the, of the Bible. So those who are reading the Greek translation of the Bible, they're reading the Septuagint, and, they, and, they, and this word this word shizo pops out of there, and it's during the splitting of the Red Sea. Splitting of the Red Sea. So how does God, when God rescued the children of Israel out of Egypt, and then God splits apart the Red Sea, schizos, schizos. Now, how does God split apart the Red Sea? What does the Scripture tell us? It said it was an eastern ruach that blew. Eastern wind, ruach, the wind Schizos, Ruach, the Ruach schizos, the Numa schizos, the Red Sea. 
So straight away, the, Mark's original audiences will, will, will see this, will, will begin to read, and straight away their mind will go back to Exodus. And then Mark is making a claim that, that, that God is bringing forth, bringing forth the, the new Exodus. The new Exodus, that God's kingdom is here just as it was then. But this time it's not going to fail, that, that God is now in bodily form in the incarnate, incarnate body of Jesus. He's coming forth at his baptism. It is departing and coming through. The Holy Spirit is coming. That God's kingdom is here on earth, crossing through into, and this is schizo, the wind, the ruach, the ruach, the, the, the pneuma, the pneuma, the wind, schizo, splitting apart. And this whole connection of, of this word. So this word, this word, this word ruach means spirit and wind. Pneuma, spirit and wind. This whole combining through again that God is bringing. And I love the Bible. Our Bibles are connected. When we read the New Testament, it connects hyperlinks to the, to the old and it's bringing them together. That God is bringing us a picture that God is up to something. That God's kingdom is here. God, God's kingdom is now. And that the ruach of God, the ruach Elohim, the pneuma, the pneuma of God is, is at work today. And, and, I, and I just love that. I love just reading those those words and what God is doing. But Ruach and Numa has another meaning. Has another meaning. Ruach and Numa has another meaning. It means, it means spirit, it means wind. But also it has another meaning. And to help us get us get our minds around what Ruach means and, and in Greek and in Hebrew, what it means in Greek and Hebrew is to put your hand in front of your in front of your mouth and say and just say and just say something like hello. Hello. Just do that. Just, just put your front Hello. Can you can you can you feel? Can you feel what do you feel? You feel your breath. So the other meaning that ruach means, ruach means breath. There you go. You, you probably go, I had no idea you're gonna say that. <laughs> ruach means breath. And that's the that's that's the most basic meaning that, that the old testament would use ruach. The ruach means wind. It means it means spirit, it means breath, and numa. Numa means exactly the same thing, and, and it overlaps. Numa and ruach use the numa in Greek and, and Hebrew of ruach, and it's this word breath, this breath uh, of, uh, of God, uh, the, of the ruach, ruach Elohim. And in Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, it says this, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed ruach, numa, into his nostrils, and the ruach, the, the breath of life, and the man became a living being. So there's this paradox. This is, there's a paradox at heart here of what it means to be a human being, right? To be us, to be people. Because we're fragile, aren't we? We've just got to look at, at COVID, COVID just, just ravaging the world. We're fragile beings. We are. We just, we're beings made, made up of dirt. We're vulnerable. But and yet at the same time, we're being breathed into by the creator of the universe, breathes into us, and this divine breath within us, within every single human, human, human being, there's a, this divine breath that's been breathed into us. So we're vulnerable, but at the same time, there's this paradox that we have the divine breath. We're, 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 we're earth and heaven in our body, where heaven and earth meet together, this divine breath that, that animates, that moves us, this this. this this, this force, we can't see it, but it animates, gives us energy, and it, and it powers us. This, this ruach, this wind, this, 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 this picture of what ruach is, is this, this invisible power that animates everything. That animal, we see it in the trees, we see it lifting birds 
off into the air. We see it animate our bodies, that, that the Ruach, the Spirit of God, animates everything. And, and we have our being. Ruach, and, and, and I love that. And so when we get, and we've been talking about Exodus, and I love the story there, when God leads, before God leads the children of Israel out of Egypt, He starts off with Moses. And God appears to Moses in a burning bush. In a burning bush. And I love, let's, let's pick that up in Exodus chapter 3, verse 5. And it says, Do not come any closer. This is God. The, the Lord warned, Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. All of a sudden, Moses found himself on holy ground, which is really interesting because for 40 years, Moses was a farmer and he had, he, he'd been walking these, the, the, this ground for 40 years, taking his flock from place to place. And so all of a sudden he was, so the place that he would have walked through, he would have walked through many times. But all of a sudden, it's holy. Here's a question. Has it always been holy? But Moses has now, been, has now become aware that it's holy. So it makes me, makes me wonder, is the ground that we're walking on holy? But we've just become aware of it. Being aware that we're, that, that we're walking on holy ground. I love that. And in Exodus chapter 3, verse 15, God continues, God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. Because Moses asked God, God, what's your name? If I'm going to tell, if, I, if, I'm, if you're sending me, and I'm now standing on holy ground, what is your name? And, and God responds to him, Tell them that the Lord sent you. Now, the name Lord, and, and, and when we look, in our, we look in, our, in our Bibles, it's capital L, capital O, capital R, and capital D. And that's what we see, Lord. And that's what we will, in fact, that name, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Lord, all in capitals, appears over 6,000 times in our English Bibles. Now, of course, of course, uh, of course the, the original text, the Hebrew text, is not in English, right? It's in Hebrew. And so these four letters, these four letters um, that we'll have there is, is, is Y, H, V, and H. And this is what it is in Hebrew. And, it's, and these, these four letters, it's pronounced the, the Yod, the He, the Va, the He. Those are these four letters. And these are these four letters that, that you will find. So, so Moses, so God says to them, and, and, and where we have Lord, it's, it's these four letters are there. Y, H, V, H. The Yod, the He, the Va, the He. This is, this is what we have. Now, some pronounce this as Yahweh. Right? We, we, some of us pronounce Yahweh. And have you anyone heard of the name Yahweh? Right? Some pronounce it as Yahweh. Some pronounce it as Yahweh. But the truth is, no one actually knows how it's actually pronounced. And the reason why no one actually knows how it's actually pronounced is because, because the, the ancient Hebrews, the, the ancient Israelites, they considered God's name so sacred so holy that they wouldn't even utter it. That in, 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 in case they would utter his name and do something wrong, and his name was so holy, they wouldn't even utter it. 
So when, the, when they would read their holy text and they see God's name, the, the Yod, the He, the Va, and the He, they would then substitute it with Adonai. Adonai. Adonai means Lord. And this, is, and this carried on in our English translation. We carry on this tradition within our own English translation. We, we, sup, we, we swap our gods and put Lord on there. But they wouldn't even say it because it was so holy. holy that, and, and it was almost, in fact, ancient rabbis believed that these letters, the, the Yod, the He, the Va, and the He, they were more like breathing sounds. In fact, trying to say God's name, was, some believe that it was, it was an impossible to say his name. Because if you tried to say his name, it sounded more like breathing. The Yod, the He, the Va, the He. Is the name of God the sound of breathing? Have you thought about that? Is God's name the sound of breathing? The Yod, the He, the Va. See, when a friend says to you, there is no God, what you are hearing is the Yod, the He, the Va, the He. So there's something invisible that animates, animates the trees, the birds, me and you. And it's happening all around us. And it's the Ruach of God. The Ruach Elohim. God's Ruach is animating everything. So the Spirit is the way that the biblical writers talk about God's personal presence. So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for you? It means this. When you let God in, when you let God in, when you breathe in, I love this. When you let God in, when you breathe in, you all of a sudden become aware of what you need to let go of. When you, when you let God in, when you come near to God, God will come near to you. But when you breathe God and when you let God and you become aware there's some things you need to let go of. There's some things that you need to breathe out. And if you're totally honest with yourself, you know exactly what you need to breathe out. You know exactly what you need to let go of. Right? When you come close to God, you know exactly. See, I don't need to tell you what you need to let go of. I don't need to tell you what you're struggling with. Because you already know. And when you let God and when you breathe in, if you're totally honest with that, you know exactly what you need to let go of, what you need to breathe out. See, what do you have that you need to let go of? For some of you, it's hate. You've been holding on to hate for too long. Maybe it's anger. Maybe it's regret. Maybe it's unforgiveness. Maybe you can't even forgive yourself. Maybe that's what you're holding on to, that you can't forgive yourself for what you've done. Maybe that is what you need to breathe out. Because you are sacred creation of God. The divine breath is flowing through you. 
You know, divine breath is not only flowing through you, but it's flowing through the person next to you. And it's flowing through the person next to them. You know what that means? If the divine breath is flowing in you, then you are on holy ground. I love this. There's a holiness about people. So you are, is earth and heaven coming together, this divine breath. And you are on holy ground. And there's a holiness about you. But it's not just you, but those around you. So how do you treat people like that? How do you treat people who have the divine breath in them? Right? What did Jesus say? However you treat them, you have treated me. Why? Because the divine breath is on every person. The divine breath is inside of them. See, what can you do in your life to make sure that you don't miss that you are standing on holy ground. You know, uh, we said early on in our service that on Tuesday, we became grandparents for the fifth time. Grandparent number five. Our grandparent, our fifth child, number five. And his name, guess what? His name is Jaira. His name is Jaira. His full name is this. I'm going to tell you his full name. And, and I know his parents are watching. Proud parents. His full name is Jaira Hoani. Jaira, Huani, Anthony. What an amazing name, Anthony. <laughs> Jaira, Huani, Anthony Tuteru is his name, right? Jaira. The name Jaira means, Jehovah Jaira means the Lord provides. Huani. Huani means, also means John, which means the Lord is gracious. Anthony means worthy of praise. So baby's name is this. The Lord provides. He is gracious and he's worthy of praise. What a name. What a name. The Lord is gracious and he's worthy of praise. You know, when, when Jaira was born on Tuesday night, what was the first thing that Jaira did, right? What did he do? What did Jaira do? He took his first breath. Or is the first thing he did was say God's name. The yod, the he, the va, the he. Whenever we breathe, we breathe in the divine name of God. The ruach Elohim. The first thing you do when you are born, you say the name of God. And here's another thought. When you die, that time when you die, what do we do? We, we take in our last breath. Or is it we say God's name for the last time? And the Ruach of God goes back. Because you know, the Scripture tells us that, 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 that the Ruach of God, when God takes, his, takes back His Ruach out of creation, that it dies. But when God sends His Ruach, it brings life, it creates, it animates. So is it when we die, the last thing we do is we say His name and we give the name back to the Creator who's given it to us. The Yod, the He, the Va, the He. You are divine. And so is the person next to you. You have the divine breath, the Ruach Elohim that animates you. In Him you live, you move, and have your being. You are standing on holy ground. What is it 
that you need to breathe out. Come on, let us pray.